What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Happy New Year. I am recording right after the second playoff game where Georgia defeats Ohio State in a much closer game than I expected, 42-41. to Although the things that I was concerned about crept up, especially at the end of the game. Uh, if you like the podcast, make sure to follow, like, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, send me an email, Big10FootballTalk at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at those same handles. We're just going to recap the two playoff games. I know Iowa had a, had a big win. Uh, I'm going to recap the rest of bowl season after all the bowl games play out. Uh, we'll do a breakdown of the, the national championship game, even though there's no Big Ten teams uh, in it. Um. I said in my preview, I thought there was a better chance of zero Big Ten teams in the title game than two. And I didn't expect TCU to pull off the upset against Michigan. Um, but I wasn't like I wasn't super surprised by it. I, I thought TCU would be getting a lot of disrespect, uh, which I'm gonna I want to bring up something at some point before I I sign off here. Um, But I I was not super surprised that TCU put up the the fight that they did. And the reality is, and we're going to break, get into this game more, but the reality is Michigan shot themselves in the foot over and over and over and over again. Two pick sixes, a, a stupid, stupid trick play on the beginning, like on the opening drive uh, on a fourth and short. The the fumble at the goal line, which, again, we'll talk about the refs because the refs, the, the refs were awful in this game, uh, in, the, in the Fiesta Bowl. But the reality is TCU beat Michigan, and I thought TCU out-physicaled Michigan for a good – good portion of that game. And then the the Peach Bowl, which just ended, I'm um, recording this at 12, 16 uh, on January 1st, 2023. It was a really, really good three and a half quarters for Ohio State. And ultimately, the things that I was concerned about with Ryan Day and Jim Knowles crept up in the last seven and a half, eight minutes. So we're, we'll break down this. I'm going to start with the Peach Bowl because it's fresh. Um, it's fresh in my mind. Um, first of all, I think everybody owes an apology to C.J. Stroud. The dude was a straight baller tonight. And in that last quarter, he's playing without Marvin Harrison and Cade Stover and he's still getting them in position to win the football game. Uh, he ran uh, and, and you know really took it upon himself to win the game. Uh, he was the second leading rusher to Dallin Hayden, uh, twelve carries for thirty-four yards. Which, if you take the sack yardage out, because he, you know, he, I think he was sacked four, four or five times in this game. Uh, you know, he probably ran for seventy or eighty yards. Um, so. He he was really good in the run game, really effective scrambling. C.J. Stroud, 23 of 34 for 348 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, 
But you could tell when Harrison went out, the passing game really became a, a bit more disjointed because all of a sudden Marvin Harrison couldn't take attention away from Abuka and Fleming and Johnson. And as good as those guys, those other guys are, Abuka is not a number one yet. He's a really good number two, but he's just not a great number one. And so when Harrison went down, my immediate thought was when Harrison went down was this game's over. And at the time, Ohio State was was up 38-24 after the field goal. But just in the pit of my stomach, I'm like, he's the guy that makes you go. And I'm not sure this defense can hold up against a championship team like Georgia. And that's that's what happened. Um so I thought, but I thought Stroud played tremendously. Like any any idea that he's not one of the top two quarterbacks in this draft, the you know before this game out the window. And if I if I hear someone else talk about Will Levis being a top anything quarterback, I I don't know what you're smoking. Like it's, I mean it's Zach Wilson all over again. He, now, well, let me let me backtrack a little bit. I'm getting a little ahead of over my skis, but Levis has not shown he's he has the tools, but he has not shown that he's a top two quarterback. It's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. C.J. was great. Um, the offensive line I thought played pretty well, both in the pass and the run. I, the, Ohio State was never going to run well in this game. Um, they just weren't. But you know they ran effectively at times, and I you know you have to wonder. You know, Mayan Williams didn't play much. I think, you know, he got sick earlier this week, uh, had some sort of stomach bug. You know, you wonder how much this game is different with if Travion's healthy, if Mayan's fully healthy. Um, but Dallin Hayden, I thought, played well. I thought Xavier Johnson was a good changeup. I, I no issues personnel-wise. Um, you know, obviously Stover and, and Harrison being out really hurt. Um, and there were stretches of this game that I thought Ohio State's defense looked really, really good. I, I, I thought Georgia's run game was going to run away with this after what I saw in the first half. You know, Kenny McIntosh had five carries for 70 yards. Now, he had a 52-yarder that, that padded that stat. But, you know, he had 70 yards on five carries – Dejun Edwards had eight carries for 58 yards. Kendall Milton, three carries for 26 yards. But three of those carries were for uh, 88 yards. The other 23 carries were for 48 yards. And so if you told me that before the game, I'm like, oh, they... They're going to win this game. But, and this is where I'm going to get my criticism here. I, I thought Ryan Day, Ryan Day called an excellent game for three and a half quarters. I thought Jim Knowles called an excellent game for the first and third quarters. And I think in the second and fourth quarters for Jim Knowles and the last half of the fourth quarter for Ryan Day, they did what I expected them to do. They tightened up, they froze, and they put their their team in a bad spot. 
And it's, you know, as, as texting back and forth with my mom, it's second and five. Ohio State's up 38-35. Ohio State needs a touchdown to make it a two-score game again. And if they effectively, if they make it a two-score game, it's over. Like, it's over. So what do they do? They run a slow, developing play. And they get sacked. And CJ had no shot. Like the the only shot he would have had is if he if he knew the blitz was coming and he he got it to Abuka out in the flat. And even then, I'm not sure that would have that would have helped. And it's now third and seventeen, and you're you're you have to settle for a long field goal. Why are you you know it was second and five after a scramble? Why not run the ball? Why, you know, why not try, you know, you've got three, de- maybe it's three down territory where you, you, you go three runs um, with your tosses, with your sweeps, with the counters that you're running. Why not? Especially with a tired defense. And again, it's, it's the whole, why would you do that? So that, that was the first thing uh, that I just thought, Ryan, what are you doing? The, the second, actually, this is before this. Uh, when Ohio State was up 38-27. And Jim Knowles goes into man-free. And the last thing you want to do is to give up a quick explosive to Georgia. Why are you playing in man-free when that's what got you killed against Michigan? What are you doing? Just absolute bonehead play call. And listen, I you know, I I think Jim Knowles has done a good job, but this is a championship game against the number 1 team in the country and you were he's being paid for moments like this. And he blew it. He blew it. He put his team in a bad position and that was the start of the rally. So I I think so that was the second and then the third CJ Stroud had a just a ridiculous scramble to get them into field goal range. And listen, no ruggles. He botched that kick. I don't think he was going to make it even if they did put him in better position. But despite that, it's second and 11 and you're to the left hash with with a timeout left. And you and this defense has been nasty. It's been getting after you. It's been getting pressure on CJ Stroud. And you throw not once but twice. The first time it almost gets picked. Because even though it's on the money, and Xavier Johnson probably should have caught it. It was great coverage. And that ball tips in the air. It might get picked. It's like, what are you doing? And then the second thing, you know, Stroud tries to catch him off guard and, you know, Stroud's trying to find something great, but Ryan Day needs to tell his quarterback at that point, we are playing for this and this is how we're going to get there. And that's not what he did. He threw two very low percentage plays out there that didn't do anything except keep them on the left hash for a 50-yard field goal. Like, no offense, that's 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 
not how I want to try to win a game. And granted, I want to try to score a touchdown, but you're down Marvin Harrison. Like, that's that's an important data point that you need to understand. And so you've got to have something in your arsenal that's either going to be a quick hitter or some sort of, you know, screen or some sort of, I, I don't know, something where you can get more in the middle of the field and maybe get a few yards. You know, how, how different is that kick if it's a 46-yarder in the middle of the field instead of a 50-yarder to the left hash? And you might think, well, those are, those are just really small details. Those are the details that you need to know to win a championship, particularly to win a game against Georgia or a team like Georgia. And Ohio State blew it. They blew it. And, and I, I'm not blaming the players. The players are – I thought they, they played their hearts out. I thought CJ, again, silenced a lot of doubters. Um, but I am still not sold on Ryan Day. And listen, you can say all you want. Well, this is a one-point loss. It was in Atlanta. It's Georgia. It doesn't matter. When, when it mattered most, he choked. That's what I will take away from this game, is that C.J. Stroud proved that he's a baller tonight. And Ryan Day proved that he did not. At least not in the last seven minutes of this ballgame. And until he can prove it otherwise, and, and maybe that's not fair. And, and I get that. He has a lot of pressure. But you know what? He's pay, being paid millions of dollars to deal with that pressure. Like, he's going to go home tonight, make his millions, you know, and the thing he's got to deal with is a, a bunch of fans telling him that he choked. You know, that's that's not a bad life, right? So I I like Ryan. I I still think he's a, a really good head coach. I'm, but this is, he, this is the difference between a good head coach and an elite head coach. And he is not an elite head coach yet. And that's what he wants to be considered as. So... Kirby Smart, elite. Everything Ohio State threw at him, they countered. And, you know, we can do if if ands and buts, you know, if if Marvin Harrison stayed healthy, if Kate Stover stayed healthy. Listen, Georgia had guys go out too. Darnell Washington was out in the first half of the first quarter. Uh, he's a big piece to their team. Um, so I a lot of I, a lot of credit to Georgia. They they Pulled one out of the hat. A lot of credit to Ohio State. I thought Ohio State played their most complete game. Uh, I think they certainly proved that they belonged after I just didn't think they did. Um, I thought they got there by virtue of, you know, there was no one else to to put in. So, But before I get to the Fiesta Bowl, let me talk about that for a minute. So Bama crushed Kansas State. And I had a whole bunch of people on my timeline, a whole people on Twitter talking about how Bama sh- should have been the number four team. First of all, not, not that I would subscribe to this mentality. I hope that if you are one of those people, I hope you realize that's a terrible take after watching Ohio State push Georgia to the limit and seeing TCU beat Michigan. 
Bama wasn't getting in over getting over getting in over Michigan. TCU beat Michigan, and the the, the argument that Bama would have given Georgia the, the best game, well, you know what? Ohio State gave Georgia a, their best game to date. So, and it doesn't it doesn't matter. For those of you saying, "Well, Bama should have been in the playoff," I first of all. They finally were healthy. Good for them. You know what? They weren't healthy all year. They weren't healthy all year. That that matters, right? It, it matters, but you know what? It also matters that they couldn't win when they weren't healthy. You know who else hasn't been healthy all year? Every other team. Maybe, maybe not to the extent that Alabama has been, but you know what? Ohio State's been injured Michigan, Michigan didn't have Blake Corum for the last couple games, right? Georgia's had some some nicks and bruises. TCU has had some nicks and bruises. Keandre Miller went out today uh, in the in the festival. Like everybody's hurt. Just because you're hurt doesn't negate the fact that you went ten and two and have no wins over good teams. Like your best win is an eight and five. Texas team who you played their backup quarterback for a majority of the game. You don't get to just say, well, we put it on the Big 12 champs, so we deserve to be in. It's stupid. Get out of here with that. And I like Bama. I like Bryce Young. I was here saying, I thought, I think easily Bama is the most talented team out of anybody in the country when they're healthy. Problem is, they were 10-2 and and lost to a good but not great LSU team. They lost to a, a really good Tennessee team who, by the way, that Tennessee team got manhandled by Georgia. So I don't want to hear it. Bama did not deserve to be in. And they clearly, I don't think they're one of the best four teams after today. At least not judging by the performance. Not that it that should matter, but... Ohio State and TCU, as much as I'm criticizing Ryan Day, I think they acquitted themselves quite nicely. Um, doesn't mean I think Bryce Young is bad. or Bryce Young's ridiculous, by the way. Uh, Willie Anderson, ridiculous. Deion Branch, ridiculous. I mean, they've got loads and loads of talent. But I don't want to hear this while well, they were a top four team. In talent, yes. According to Sagarin, yes. But you know what? On-the-field results matter. If they didn't, we would pick Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama at the beginning of the season and just say, you four play and everybody else's season is canceled. By the way, Clemson stinks right now. Oh, it was terrible watching them play Tennessee. Um, but that's what it would have been. That was everybody's top four. Like, let's just not play the season if that's what we're going to do. So, like, not that the twelve-team playoffs is going to solve everything about this, but you're not going to have these stupid takes that, well, you know, this team is clearly the the most talented team and should have been in the playoff. Um, well, they're you know Alabama's going to be in now, and they'll probably get to the top four. But you know what? In the current system that we have, they didn't deserve it. They didn't. So let's get to the Fiesta Bowl.
Uh, I'm going to start with the refs. The refs, the refs were awful for both teams. I, let's just let's just. I mean, there were missed calls on both sides, and they were impactful calls on missed sides or on both sides. But before Michigan fans jump down my throat, the touchdown that wasn't to Roman Wilson, I, I don't. At one point, do I need to go down to the officials? And explain to them what indisputable means. It was ruled a touchdown, which would have made it 14 to 10. That would have been very significant. And instead, they had indisputable evidence that it was at the half yard line and that it was not a touchdown. Here is the problem with that. You had the two announced guys and the official saying, oh, it's clearly a touchdown or it's most likely a touchdown. By very nature, that is indisputable. That is not indisputable. Like to be indisputable means it like 100% stone cold fact. Like I, these replay officials just annoy me to no end because it's like, you, you, uh, replay officials are meant to be the last line of defense. They are not meant to be the diva. And too often they make an appearance and are a diva who tries to steal the show and say, we're going to make the right call, except it's not the right call because your job, your function is only to display or to overturn things that are indisputable. That's it. It was not indisputable. Now, and then then the other the other one is the targeting call at the end. That was not. I I am tired of trying to figure out what targeting is. It they keep moving the goalposts on this. But last time I checked, it's if you launch, if it's forcible contact to the head and neck area. And that is exactly what happened at the end of the game when Loveland is getting tackled on fourth down to end the game. Should have given Michigan new life. Should have ejected a TCU player. And instead... It's, it's nothing. I I don't know what targeting is anymore, but that looked like textbook targeting according to the rule book. So anyway, that being said, Michigan blew this game. They, They blew it with flying colors. J.J. McCarthy throws two pick sixes. Just an absolute head-scratcher of a fourth down call in the beginning of the game. They couldn't run the ball. After the first 54-yard play, 39 carries for 
132 yards. Ick. By the way, TCU, 41 carries for 263 yards and three touchdowns. That'll win you a lot of football games. So much for uh, Michigan being the more physical team. Uh, Michigan played, if I'm honest, Michigan looked like Ohio State when Ohio State played Michigan. Undisciplined, out of position. Uh, They kept shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and with procedural stuff, with turnovers. And listen, McCarthy battled, but he did not play well. Ten- I, and he had, he had great moments, for sure. But, I mean, that first pick six is a terrible decision. Second pick six, never saw the defender. Uh, I, I think they missed Blake Corum a lot in this game. I thought Donovan Edwards would be fine up the middle. Um, he was not. Part of that was the offensive line was getting whipped all night. Um, but, listen, even even if Michigan, you know, you, you, can, you can make the argument, well, if, if Michigan just gets that touchdown, they win 52-51, sure. Right? The reality is, Michigan gave TCU 14 points and then Michigan didn't take another seven or at least a three. That's 17 points in favor of TCU. And Michigan's got to live with that. They had it. And listen, I don't know if you you can say that TCU isn't the, the better team even with the turnovers. I mean, they dominated the run game. They made a lot of big plays. I thought Duggan, Duggan was all right, you know, 14 to 29, 225 yards. But he made key plays, one of which was to Quentin Johnson, who had that catch and run, which, again, I don't know why you're bringing a cover zero pressure, which is when you're blitzing everybody, when it's a third and long. Just get them off the field. But instead, they bring everybody and they get this little drag route to their best player, and he goes all the way for the touchdown. So just just some baffling decision-making by the coaches in both games, quite honestly. Um, at, at the end of the day, what does this mean? What does it mean for the Big Ten? What does it mean for uh, Ohio State and Michigan? Um, I, I think for Michigan, I think... It it does raise questions of whether they can whether sorry it's it's late and I need to wrap this up. Uh, you need to question whether whether or not this that that how, how Michigan can take the next step because if anything they should they I think they expected to win this football game. And in some ways, it kind of felt like Michigan got a little too big for the britches, right? Like, you know, at one point, I think it was in the telecast, J.J. McCarthy, you know, mouth to his family, we're definitely going to win this game. And I'm not, I think that's one of the things I actually love about McCarthy is he has an air of confidence about him. Goodness, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm really tired. Um, he has an air of confidence about him. But it, it was almost like they just, they, they, expected 
for TCU to roll over at some point, and they didn't. And TCU kept attacking them. Um, I think Michigan... I, I don't know where Michigan goes from here. I think on one hand, I think they're the favorites to win the Big Ten next year because I think there's a lot of uncertainty with Ohio State. Stroud's probably going to be gone. Paris Johnson's going to be gone. Uh, a lot of other pieces are going to be gone off that team. New quarterback new offensive tackles on both sides. So I, I think Ohio State's a work in progress. I think Penn State's going to – Penn State is probably going to be the main competitor to Michigan next year. Um, so I think Michigan will win the Big Ten next year. But I have a lot of concerns about their ability to play with people, uh, with, with the elite teams, especially without elite receiver play. Um, and Ronnie Bell was and Roman Wilson were, were both – very, very good today, but they need more out of the receiver position, and they need they they need more out of the offensive line. That the offensive line, which was supposed to be the best in the country, they did not show up today, um, and so they they got to go back to the drawing board. Um, I think playmakers in the defense also they've got one they're they've got a couple, uh, Will Johnson being one of them, but I think Jim Harbaugh has to go back to the drawing board and figure out okay what do we do. Um, I think for Ohio State, it's uh, it's a weird it's weird because I think they acquitted themselves well, right? Like this this would have been a disaster if they lost like I thought they would, and they didn't. They they kept it close. They had a chance to win it at the end. Um. I'm still concerned for the long-term trajectory of Ryan Day's tenure. Um, he has now been in the playoff three times. He has lost in the semifinal twice by very short, small margins. And you can make the argument that, well, like they, they did a good job. They did this. They did that. Um, both of those games were there for the taking, and he did not get it done. And I say this a lot. At some point, you are who you are. And listen, Noah Ruggles, you know, I would hope he can make that kick, but everything leading up to that was just asinine. And I think Ryan Day calls a really good football. Like, he can call plays. He is a good play caller when he really puts his mind to it. Um, I'm not sure he's the right guy for Ohio State. And I say that, that I want to clarify, I'm not saying he is on the hot seat. I'm not even saying he should be, like, fired in the next three years. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what the future holds for him. Because this was from a talent perspective, a team that's on par with Georgia. And it I think it's different if they lost to Georgia but won the Big Ten. But they lost to Georgia and they lost to Michigan for a second year in a row at home. Like, that's just, it's, it's, and then Michigan lays an egg, by the way. that That's not, that, that's bad all the way around for Ohio State. So, 
they don't even have the satisfaction to say, well, we lost or we won and Michigan lost. No, because, you know, Michigan laid an egg tonight against the team that everybody thought shouldn't have been in the playoff. So I, I think I, it's weird. And I, it's, I think it's been weird for Ohio State ever since the Michigan loss is that they're in the playoff. Yay. But there's a lot of negative momentum momentum between recruiting, between uh, just the personnel for next year. Um, and and then this, it's, it's just, it's been rough. Uh, for the Big Ten, I, I think, I don't know if anyone's going to come out and be like, oh, the Big Ten's fraud, big, the Big Ten are frauds. Because it's not like, it's not like 2006 where everybody thought Michigan and Ohio State were teams one and two, and then Michigan got crushed by USC, and then Ohio State just got f- totally embarrassed by Florida. It's not that, and it's not like 2016 where Michigan, you know, got thumped by Florida State, even though the score was close. Florida State was a far superior team that that night, and then Ohio State got blanked by Clemson. Um, like. Michigan and Ohio State acquitted themselves again. They acquitted themselves well. They were competitive. Um, so I I don't think it's going to hurt the stock of of the Big Ten at all. Um, but I do think that, that, that there's going to be a little bit of egg. Um, I think it's it's it says something that. The Big Ten right now is four and two in bowl games, and their two losses are the their two highest profile programs. Um, I, if anything, I think Michigan is going to take it on the chin more than Ohio State, because Ohio State went toe to toe with Georgia in the Peach Bowl with a, a, a bigger Georgia crowd, and I think they will get some sympathy for not having Marvin Harrison, for not having Cade Stover. Um, losing Harrison cannot be understated because he opened up the whole offense and the fact that he couldn't go for the last quarter, I I think as much as I'm criticizing Ryan day, I think if, if Harrison plays in the fourth quarter, I think Ohio state wins because they, they could not stop Abuka as the number two. Like he was just, it was easy access all game long for him. But as soon as they put him as the number one receiver, it was it was locked down. Um, that'll do it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off here. No, there's no intro music, nothing like that. Just just kind of putting it up because it, I'm exhausted and I want to get this out. Um, appreciate you guys listening. I hope you guys and they were probably the, the the most fun thing about these games were excellent tonight and. Best, I think the best playoff in the nine years that we've had it. Um, you know, the TCU Michigan game was just fun, and I know there were a lot of. If you're a Michigan fan, you you hated the outcome. I get that, but it was a really really entertaining game. I think Ohio State, you know, the Ohio State Georgia game again. If if I weren't a Ohio State fan, I I would have loved every minute of that game. Um, but you know it's 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 football. I think probably I'll end on this. I think probably my one of my favorite things about tonight was uh, my nine year old stayed up.
to watch the game with me. It's the first time he's ever stayed up past midnight. Um, you know, and he, you know, he had to, he was really disappointed in the outcome and we got to, you know, we got to express our disappointment together. We got to pray together and, you know, we'll probably talk about it tomorrow morning a little bit too, but I will cherish that moment for a long time. Um, and just very thankful to the Lord for that. So, you know, it's not always about the moments where you win the title. It's, you know, the moments that you get to be with people and just, you can be disappointed together and that's okay too. So this, that'll do it for the big 10 football talk podcast signing off. Happy 2023. Take care. God bless.